0: Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode sixty-seven. Today, we're going to talk about some NFL news, our winners and losers from the past week, and highlight some of our games of the week. But first and foremost, want to introduce my co-hosts. I got Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan here with me, as per usual. How you guys doing? Uh, I played Tyreek Hill in both of my fantasy leagues, so
1: <laughs> as far as not that good. went, not not fantastic. But otherwise, doing all
2: right. Nice. I also play Tyreek Hill in my fantasy leagues, but luckily I had Sean Watson and Derrick Henry. So I still put all the W. It's all good.
0: Nice. 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 I had Tyreek Hill against Casey in one of my fantasy Ooh. leagues. You had so. Derrick, Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill against Derrick me. Henry and Tyreek Hill. Monsters. So those two outscored him. Yeah. My team
1: yeah. didn't even do that bad either. It was just you no know, chance. That,
0: that was tough. probably the best fantasy week I've ever had in. The ten plus years of playing fantasy football, so well, don't, really, don't feel I'm too really bad. Happy for you, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. Some, you know, something has to be a bright spot with uh, my real life football uh, life being the way that it is. So let's dive in to some news. We have uh, some interesting stuff, some fortunate, some unfortunate. Um, First, we, let's talk about. The, by the time this podcast is released, we will still not have had a Steelers and Ravens <laughs> matchup. Um, you may be listening to it afterwards because it's Wednesday at twelve forty p.m. I believe is the kickoff time. So this podcast releases on the same day. Uh, so if something happens, and you don't hear us talking about it. That is why. But what do we think about this? This is this is uh, this is interesting. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. Like, at what point do you reschedule the game entirely? Because this is kind of this is weird i don't think we've ever had a situation like this ever
1: yeah it is a i mean it's clear the the nfl does not want a week 18 game yeah. at the end of the season because that it does i mean it does throw wrinkles into everything because if you know if one team has two games that they miss and and then how do you pick which game they end up making up in week 18 that has all kinds of seed implications all that kind of stuff uh I mean, you could even theoretically see the Steelers going into that final week and have to play the Ravens, for, for example. Uh, meanwhile, the Chiefs might be 15-1. and one. So the, the Steelers could have to win that last game, which means they go from Week 16 and 17 right into Week 18. And if they lose, all of a sudden they don't get that first-round bye week. And now while the rest of the NFL has a bye week in that Week 18, if they don't have to make up a game, the Steelers have now just played uh, like a wild card weekend game and they go straight into another playoff game uh, and not get that by all of a sudden so it does create some issues uh, purely from a a competitive play standpoint uh, and seeding and all that kind of stuff Uh, from a health standpoint it doesn't seem like it should be played at this point though
2: yeah I mean completely right the worst case scenario is that week 18 that would mean the NFL has to Change several games. So that's why they keep postponing this one in the hope that it does happen so they can move on um, But they're stuck in between a rock and a hard place here. I mean obviously they don't want to cancel games But they want a little bit of safety. I mean as much as you can at this time. There's only so much they can really do uh, Poor poor dealers. I mean they had to deal with the Titans earlier this year. Yeah, uh, that cost them their bye week and now this and uh, It's a second breakout of um, for a team, first one with the Titans, now it's the Ravens, and they seem to kind of contact the source of the Ravens' issues. They had, like, a party or a gathering uh, outside of the facility that kind of helped with the spread. Uh, Seems, knock on wood, to be dying off. Uh, Hopefully there aren't any more cases and we get this game done. Uh, But it does throw a wrench into the plans, especially for the Steelers, who, yeah, they're undefeated, but like you said, the Chiefs have one loss this year, and it might be a battle to see who gets that top uh, overall seed which is more important than ever because that's the one seed they get to buy yeah yeah and
0: I mean the other thing to point to here is it's is it really fair to the Steelers at this point because it's it's nope. definitely yeah. on the Ravens right I mean if you're a Steelers mm-hmm. fan you're like well what look the, the Broncos just played without a quarterback like the Ravens can go out there and do and play with whoever they got like let it happen you know I mean it's unfortunate if you're a Steelers fan for a team that's on such a role like what if, if they come out and lose like there's going to be some controversy and some drama around this whole reschedule uh, debacle but um casey's right i think you know the nfl is being heavily scrutinized right now for prioritizing what seems to be monetary concerns over health concerns of of their uh, teams mm. and players but um you know it is what it is we'll we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow and uh check out our twitter if you want to see our uh, our takes and our live uh, some some of the hottest and, and dankest memes around <laughs> um but let's talk about another... We had a really interesting storyline this past week uh, with the Broncos, another COVID storyline, of course, but uh, there was no quarterback on this roster. They had to bring up a, a wide receiver who previously played quarterback, I believe, in high school, Kendall Hinton, um, came out and kind of kind of stunk it up out there with a <laughs> one yeah. for nine, zero QBR uh, performance. I don't even know if you're eligible for a QBR rating at with what he did, but uh you know one one completion for 13 yards that's uh, what 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 I guess that's all I can say I don't know that was that was very odd what do you guys what are your takes on this situation here I mean you can't really expect
1: I mean the dude had never taken an NFL snap in his life like he was working in retail and then got a call and said now you're the starting quarterback so uh, you know he he lost his starting job in college I think as a freshman and converted to quarterback or to receiver from quarterback. Um, so he wasn't even good enough to play quarterback in uh, in college, and now all of a sudden he's put into a very difficult spot. And um, you know they they did the best they could um they had a couple first downs and that was you know that's something they, they didn't get blanked which i think is an accomplishment right. in itself you know they got three points they didn't put up the goose egg and uh you know now you can put it on your resume that you started an nfl game at quarterback which is pretty cool if you're Kendall Hinton. but uh you know uh don't really feel that much remorse for the broncos because none of the quarterbacks followed protocol and then they were apparently very uh dodgy when questioned about uh their uh, whatever actions or whether they were in close contact or not. So they were actively trying to uh, impede the investigation in hopes that they could play. So uh, if you're not following the rules, and you're not helping the investigation, I don't really feel that bad.
2: agree with what you say. Um, One thing I think teams will realize from this point on, never have your quarterbacks together, unless they're practicing, even then keep them apart. Because that's the one position where you can't really get a replacement a day before. I mean, let's say even your center, something happens to them, an offensive lineman can make things work. A quarterback, though, like, you're screwed. And they were screwed. So I'm pretty sure now you'll see teams doubling down on their protocols, with the quarterbacks especially. And, I mean, I would never have meetings in person during this time, have them all digitally. And I would never, I tell the quarterbacks, if you guys are caught together, even with masks on, Game no. fine. It's not worth it. Uh you see, like you have no chance being the quarterback. Good for the Broncos players. They didn't give up, but what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, that that was unfortunate for everything and everyone involved. Um what a weird game in general, too, because the this you know the um the Saints one-handedly, but they also didn't really have a, like a legitimate starting QB. Casey will argue oh, otherwise. How dare you? How uh, right. dare you yep. slander Taysom Hill? Okay, here, here's what I'll say: not legitimate, conventional. He's not a conventional right. starting <laughs> there QB. There you go. All accepted. Fair? Okay. So it was it was an interesting game. I mean, my question is: was Kendall Hinton like the
2: only dude available or something? Like, w- so so with COVID protocols, you can't just sign a guy on Saturday and have him play Sunday. You need like three or four days of testing. And they didn't find out those guys couldn't play their Friday or Saturday, one of the two. Yeah. And what they want to do, actually, is have one of their quality control coaches play quarterback. Like, I see play quarterback in college, and he's still a relatively hmm. young guy and knows the offense better than Kendall Hinton. But since he's a coach, they couldn't do that, or something happened, they couldn't do that. And he was the only guy on the team that had any quarterback experience on practice squad or the active roster. So they had no choice, really, but to start him.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, if anything, this puts the difficulty of being an NFL quarterback in uh, in yep. context, right? Yeah. And so, kids, if you're out there and you have some dreams, may want to give up on them. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, move on here. We have some of the best news of the week. I'm so excited about this one. Matt Patricia officially fired by the Detroit Lions. It's about time this team now, I think, has a clean slate, can move forward. They need to be smart with who they hire here. Probably an offensive mind would be good. Um, but I think it's a good, maybe, maybe not ideal to do it mid season. Um, I think it was long overdue and I'm just happy it happened regardless of when, but I think it's a good head coach market right now. Uh, meaning they'll be able to find somebody who I think would, would be a good fit for the job this off season. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, Durgan nailed his, his hot take about
1: him being fired. I didn't think they would fire him in the middle of the year at this point, because the season's already kind of lost and, you know, I would, I, you would hate to win a few games at the end of the year and fuck up your draft position, but uh, that might be exactly what they do because the, it's not a bad team. It's not an untalented roster, um, and, you know, I think there's potential there. And like Cyrus said, you just got to, you know, this is sort of your last coach with Matthew Stafford, it, it seems like. Um, he's injury-prone. He's getting up there in age a little bit, so you can make a push. I think this is ro- this roster is able to compete. Um, you just got to nail this this head coaching hire and uh, move forward, reload, and not rebuild in uh, Detroit.
2: So the reason why I predicted that he would be fired is because they play on national television. And owners hate being embarrassed on national television. Especially on Thanksgiving, where literally the entire United States of America is watching, essentially. So mm-hmm. that's why I kind of saw this coming. Also, the article I mentioned last week that came out about the Lions in a negative light—that wasn't good. But yeah, so they fired their GM too, so they're getting a completely clean slate. Um, Cyrus, you said you might want an offense coach, which I wouldn't be surprised. But since Stafford is an established quarterback, I think you could throw him out there with just about anybody, and he can do—you do things. He's—I mean, he's not going to be a superstar, but he can be an above-average quarterback. He's above-average quarterback. So one name I think that they will hire is Niners defensive coordinator Robert Sala. He's a native of Michigan. Uh, he's a, done a great job. they can get a lockdown defense and have Stafford, you know, even put up 25, 30 points a game, don't be in the playoffs. Their defense has been terrible the entire time Stafford has been around. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm not sure of an attractive coaching job because you're kind of stuck with Stafford. You're not going to get the complete uh, clean uh, slate, I believe, unless you do trade Stafford, which would be very interesting. But it'd be interesting times ahead in... Um, the lions organization, because I don't think that division is all that tough besides the Packers and and Rogers only uh, two more years left, three more years left. So who knows? Yeah. A uh,
1: name to maybe look out for uh, a coach that is struggling mightily in the college ranks that uh, is yeah, in that state. About, yep. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, may be looking for a job at the end of the season. And uh, you know, quarterback guru so to speak and a guy that wants control that uh, the lions might be willing to give him because they also don't have a gm so it it might Great be a fit, yeah. fit there
0: that would be interesting harbaugh's return um wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing it feel like it was his exit was a little premature from the nfl but uh you know i don't i don't know i don't know if i love that fit to be honest but w- we'll see We'll see what happens uh, with with Detroit. Let's move into our winners and losers section of the podcast here. Durgan, we'll start with you. Give us your winner of last week and why.
2: Yeah, so not too much thought behind this one. It's the Chiefs. Uh, second best record in the league. Uh, I see them going no worse than 14-2 and two after they beat the Buccaneers. And yeah, the game was close and scored. They only won by three points. But they dominated that game. Uh, they got a little lax, I think, towards the end of the games, and They're not great at closing it out because... I think once their offense turns off of hyperdrive, it kind of just coasts and they get a little too complacent. But the thing is, they can just pounce on you at any moment. Patrick Mahomes had the best season of his career, which is pretty crazy uh, to imagine looking at the success he's had so far. Uh, I think it's him or Rodgers right now as MVP. Mahomes probably is going to win it because he's the new Brady, he's the new, you know, golden child. But this team, they're legit. Defense is playing good. Uh, Tyree Kill, we mentioned earlier, playing lights out right now. I think he's second in receiving yards in the NFL. Maybe he's first at this point. Second, uh, second, second as
0: of Monday behind DK Metcalf.
2: Okay, so he's second. So, yeah, I mean, they, they have there's a lot of ways this team can beat you.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and that defense taking a step forward is, is sort of really what's made them even more worrisome for the rest of the NFL. Um, but sort of like you said, when you have Mahomes, you're never out of the game. Uh, Even if you do give up a little bit of a lead and sort of like they did against the Raiders and a team scores with whatever, a minute 30 left, if Mahomes gets that ball again, you know, you have a good chance of winning sort of very similar to Rodgers' early career. Um, So it's interesting to see sort of maybe that'll be a Super Bowl matchup Um, and uh, out with the old and with the new, so to speak, kind of deal or the old dog versus the the new dog. But um, Chiefs are great. Uh, you know they're going to be a tough out for anybody once once the playoffs roll around.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think enough said on that. Like the Chiefs are hands down I think the best team in the AFC right now. You could make a case that the Steelers are playing like the best team in the AFC, um particularly that defense, but I just don't see it when you look when you see what the Chiefs are capable of on offense and I think, you know, the old the old adage that defense wins super bowls is now in today's age the offense wins super bowls with which we've seen with the with the chiefs so um yeah with you easy winner for sure casey what do you got in on the winning side of things
1: i have the tennessee titans they even the series with the colts they split that matchup one and one um and now they're a game up on the colts so they're really in control of that division as long as they don't put up any stinkers Uh, they have the browns the jaguars the texans the packers and the lions left on their schedule Um, so fairly easy going overall. Really, you just have the Packers and the Browns that could threaten um, you with another loss there. And, uh, you know, Derrick Henry is coming alive. They look like that team that made a run at the end of the season last year, sort of when when the weather gets cold and Derrick Henry gets going. um, You know, he had 178 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, they were really pretty in control of that game the whole way through. I know the Colts had some guys beat up, but uh they're in a good position now and they definitely needed that win because if they they lost the head-to-head to to the to the Colts and were a game behind them they would have been in a little bit of trouble but uh they're they're sitting pretty right now
2: as the season progresses Derek Kennedy gets better last two years we've seen that and we saw it once again this Sunday when defense is getting tired you try to tackle a 250 pound man who can run past you or over you it's tough to do it is very tough to do and yeah, the Colts are missing DeForest Buckner, who is their best offensive lineman, but I don't know if he would have even stopped Derrick Henry this game. Uh, the Titans are a dangerous team. They don't play great defense, in my opinion, but they no. can control the clock. If uh, Tannehill can take care of the ball, limit possessions for the other team. They got a chance. I mean, they were beating the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. So they they, had, they they were not, you know, blown out by them at any means. Uh, interested to see how they progress the year goes on they need to find a pass rush If they can do that this team can make some waves
0: yep yep i think easily you could probably make the case that they're uh third best in the afc right now um as far as teams go maybe second i don't i don't know um but it doesn't look like anybody can stop derrick henry and and so glad i picked him over zeke in fantasy That's all i gotta say <laughs> let's uh let's move on here my winner of the week Durgan, much to your yep. delight will be the san francisco 49ers um who will no longer be practicing in santa clara but this team as depleted as they are came out and just straight out outplayed the rams from start to finish um with a game-winning field goal i mean really 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 well played game. Goff I think was probably the primary thing to look at in terms of why the Rams lost. He played relatively bad considering we just saw him come out and beat the Buccaneers and play pretty well. This was a bad performance. 198 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, 52.9 passer rating. Not what you want to see from your franchise QB. Um, I mean they're a good team. You can't rule the Rams out. The whole NFC West is good, but with the Cardinals losing as well, I think this this is bigger than people might think this puts the niners back in the hunt for that wild card spot probably for that seventh seed so big win you know getting it done with nick mullins is not pretty but they're getting it done so i gotta i gotta have the niners as a winner this week
2: go ahead there okay yeah so i'll close this bad boy up <laughs> with like uh, great takes
0: okay i mean
1: i think the the biggest issue i saw was golf and that's the where the inconsistency for the rams goes uh from week to week. I mean, one week they're beating the Bucks and they look fantastic. They're they're playing tight games with a lot of teams and they look every bit the part of a team that can go far in the playoffs and then they come out and they lose twice to the 49ers when the Niners are beat up. And, uh, you know, a lot of that it goes to Goff because you can't turn the ball over. You can't throw a pick six to a fucking defensive tackle and expect to win the game. I mean, if your defense is really allowing them 16 points you know as a as an offense and as a quarterback that's now what is he in like his fifth year fourth fifth year Page um, six even. yeah that's that's a game you have to win especially when you have high aspirations and the team around you is playing pretty well you got to do your part and at least not turn the ball over and he didn't do that so props to Salah he came in with a good game plan and and sort of shut down uh Jared Goff, the the Rams got away from the run game a little bit, and uh the Niners were able to win a super important game. And sort of like durgan says, the hungry dog gets the bone and the the Niners were hungry. The Rams were you know a little full from Thanksgiving and uh they didn't <laughs> need they,
2: they didn't go for that bone. I said last week, Shanahan owns Boy Wonder. But really, Salah owns Jared Goff. Jared Goff can never play well against the Niners. That's his hometown team, so I don't know what's going on mentally with them. But their offense, when they can't run the ball, and actually they ran the ball okay against the Niners. They gave up on it. But when they don't run the ball, their offense is very predictable. It's seven yard outs to Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, throwing occasional slant in there. And you get your hands up and you make it tougher to off the throw, he's going to be inaccurate. So I think the Rams, I've always said all year, they're not as good as people think they are. They have a great defense, Aaron Donald's a baller, but their offense is very limited in my opinion. And Niners, are getting healthier. Debo Samuel looked incredible. Richard Sherman had a reception. Raheem Bozer had a touchdown. Uh, they didn't have Brandon Ayuk, and they still came out with a victory here. Uh, they have a chance at the playoffs. It's going to be tough. Uh, like we said some time earlier, not practicing or playing in Santa Clara. They didn't find out until they landed in LA that they weren't going to be able to go back home and practice, which is a whole different story. You would argue a different day about the Santa Clara County officials. But they're being Arizona, and the team has no quid in them. They they, they won't roll over and die. Huge game this week. We'll talk about it later. But they have to win this game uh, if they want a chance at the playoffs, in my opinion.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I mean, huge win. You know, And outside of the uh, really, really long, I think, 60-ish yard run from Cam Akers, I think a big thing that is maybe overlooked a little bit is that the Rams really didn't get much going in the run game at all, um, putting a lot of pressure on Jared Goff to play – play through the air consistently and you know you have they they're heavily invest heavily invested in play action and uh, bootlegs and a lot of things that i think casey you, you did a really good breakdown on uh was it golf or was it the rams offense
1: i've done both man i've done a lot of the done rams both. stuff done yeah, both an expert. i did golf golf in the off season so that's a little outdated but uh did mcveigh's game plan in week one against the cowboys and he did a really good job of how all that stuff ties together but
0: yeah yeah, so it looked like, I mean, I'm not I'm not as much of an expert. I haven't broken it down the way you have, but it looks it looked to me like the Niners kind of dialed in and knew what to expect from from the Rams and the Rams couldn't really do what they wanted to do the entire game. And it showed with Goff's performance, but correct me if I'm wrong. You you being the uh, savant <laughs> that you are.
1: No, you're you're about right. I mean, they got pressure on Goff. Goff doesn't handle pressure well at all, mm-hmm. and that's been historical for for him um he was showing some signs of improvement but ultimately he couldn't get the job done um and if you can shut down the out the outside zone or you're not scared of being beat by it you can let teams get chunks on it and you're fine with that you just don't want to give up the play action or the screens which is sort of what the niners aimed to do um you can really sort of bottle that offense up especially if the quarterback is not playing well
0: yep yep cool all right let's move on to losers durgan who do you have as your loser for the past week? I think I have yeah. a feeling I'm excited about this one. You
2: will be. You will be. most pathetic showing I've seen in years from a Dallas Cowboys team. I, absolutely disgraceful on Thanksgiving. That, that wasn't football. I don't know what they were playing in the second half, but that wasn't football. Mike McCarthy is a terrible head coach. Aaron Rodgers should get so much more credit for having to deal with that <laughs> buffoon for the many years as he did. Ran a fake punt deep in his own zone in a somewhat close game. Are you serious? Like, what's wrong with you, man? I know you want to be be risky and you want to take chances, but there's stupidity and then there's taking chances. And that was just stupid. Uh, They are still, with all the injuries they have, I think the most talented team in NFC East. I mean, the Eagles, they're decimated by injuries. Washington has no talent. The Giants have no talent. They should not be this bad. And Danny Dalton isn't a bad quarterback. He's better than Nick Bullins, That's for damn sure. Imagine if the Niners had Andy Dalton right now be a completely different story (laughs) but the Cowboys I mean I know Jerry Jones won't fire Mike McCarthy but there's absolutely no reason to keep him around after this Dak Prescott I mean I know he might make more money playing for the Cowboys but do you really want to be with Mike McCarthy I don't
1: yeah that's a fair fair point because Dak is going to get the well he might get franchise tagged again but he may decide like hey I you know after watching from the sidelines this year I ain't I ain't about that Cowboy life yeah let's go somewhere else Someone else will pay me a, a buttload of money, um, but yeah, the the fake punt I think is what stands out to me the most. It was twenty to sixteen at that point, so you're not like out of the game by any means. And then you do it on fourth and ten, uh, which is also not great because uh, even if you you know you fool them for a second, they have ch- a chance to rally and make the tackle. And uh, you know when you motion someone behind the punter. It's kind of a pretty quite, obvious yeah. clue. Like, hey, so, something might be going on here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. And uh, so the the Washington football team was able to react and tackle him. I don't even think he gained a yard. No, nope. he got tackled behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, interesting decision there, especially when your defense had been playing well overall uh, up until that point. And uh, you know, the Cowboys are looking to be watching from
0: home for yet
1: another postseason
0: yeah holy i'll keep it pg holy moly i was gonna say something else (laughs) my god was that i don't know the word i guess amazing would be the word in the sense that it was really cool for for a fellow uh nfc east team to be doing things like fake punts inside your own i i don't even know mike mccarthy i said it before the season had zero faith in him as a head coach coming in for the Cowboys. You know, he he looked solid to start even though they were losing close games because Dak Prescott was putting up 500 yards per game and playing phenomenally. But I think, you know, a true coach, a true coach shows his colors when the chips are down, right? And this is not a good look for the Cowboys for Mike McCarthy. Um and Jurgen, you're 100% right. This team by all accounts, they're probably the least injured and the most talented team in the uh in the nfc east that being said obviously they lost their quarterback but there's a lot of talent to be had there i mean their wide receivers are phenomenal you got one of the best running backs in theory in the, in the league and they're not playing well so there's there's got to be some concern in in uh, dallas and uh, rightfully so um casey let's move to your loser and uh talk about why they are a loser
1: Sure. I have the Cardinals, who, like Zeke, seem to fumble away things at the worst (laughs) time. Uh, They've lost a couple of games now this year that they should have won. Uh, I think the Lions earlier on, now to the Patriots. Uh, If you're a team as dominant as they look sometimes, like in their games against Seattle and against the 49ers, they've played some really good games against the Bills. They played really well. They also have these clunkers that are not very good for a team that is sort of slotted in as a, at, a, as a, at the, whatever, the seventh seed right now, uh, and they're in danger of losing that. So you have the Vikings and the 49ers now at five and six. The Cardinals are at six and five. So there's still a good amount of season left, and they can easily lose that seventh seed, uh, especially with matchups coming up against the 49ers. Um, but if you're scoring 17 points against a pretty average Patriots defense who has a lot of opt-outs, who has some injuries, uh, that's just sort of not good enough. Especially when you know you sort of thought the MVP campaign mantle passed from Russell Wilson to Kyler Murray after that uh, win in overtime a while ago. Um, that's sort of all but forgotten at this point i think he's out of that running and sort of like durgan said earlier i think it's Rodgers and mahomes and right now mahomes has to have the the edge in that i think so um i mean they the the cardinals have a tough schedule coming up they play the rams twice the 49ers once they play the eagles and then the giants it's not super easy none of those are gimmies uh you know the eagles and the giants are going to be fighting for their playoff lives at, at that point and uh the rams are tough and the 49ers are good so uh they got to get things figured out and start winning these,
2: these games that they should win. Cardinals are a team that, unfortunately, play to the level of their competition. So when they play the Seahawks, they play the Bills, play the Niners, they're going to play at a somewhat elite level, or at least a very good level. But then they play the Lions, and they play the Patriots, and they play down to those guys' level. And they keep them around, and they keep them around. And yeah, they should have made that field goal at the end of the game, or near the end of the game, to put them ahead but they didn't. And then their defense lets Cam Newton, who can't throw a pass, actually save his life, go right down the field with a late hit penalty. So ultimately, I think it comes down to coaching. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. I think he's a smart guy. I don't think he's a good coach. Or maybe they're a team that is learning how to win and learning how to be in games. They're very young, so I'm not too surprised by these mental lapses, but They're dangerous for the wrong reasons and the right reasons, because they can put up 40 on you or they can look terrible next week. So you never know who you're going to get when you play the uh, Cardinals.
0: Yeah. And I think the playoff implications here are huge, right? You cannot drop games that you should be winning when you're literally fighting for a wild card spot, like, and potentially even a division win. Not Probably not. Probably the Seahawks have that locked in, but um, man, like you're, you're right there with another team from your division, and then you got the Tampa Bay Bucks who are all kind of fighting for a wild card spot. So it's it's not okay to lose to the team that is really underperforming this season. Um but the Pats are five and six. It's kinda of surprising, right? I mean Yeah. I you know, all things considered, this team has looked pretty bad this season and Will Belichick, you know, doing his thing. Um so yeah, unfortunate, but this is actually I think bigger for the Niners, really here, mm-hmm. Durgan. So yeah, it is absolutely keep an eye keep an eye on that on that wild card race. The, Things are heating up in both the, Niners, the AFC and the NFC.
2: The Niners control their own destiny. If they win out, they'll be in the playoffs. We tough, yeah. But I was like an core
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's talk about my loser, who is another team that kind of controls their own destiny and is also in a heated battle for a wild card spot, but in the AFC. Um, who also lost to a team that they probably should have beat, but this is in, in even more embarrassing fashion. The Las Vegas Raiders—they're um, still in a decent spot to secure a wild card position, but it's a lot harder now because you have to win a lot of games, and you're fighting against teams like the Ravens, uh, Indianapolis, Miami, who's playing pretty well recently. But the Raiders, man, this was this was a sort of a baffling performance against a, a faltering Falcons team that has some key injuries. Um, I, they lost 43 to six. This is not at all what I would have expected. You know, the Raiders have been playing pretty well, but you know, you had some drop passes by Henry Ruggs, by some other key receivers as well. And it was just a sloppy performance. You know, Derek Carr looked pretty bad relative to how we've seen him play this year. Um, and this is, I mean, keep, keep in mind, this is a team that has beat the Saints. They've beat the Chiefs. They've beat the Browns. They played well this season. So to come out and lose to the three and seven Atlanta Falcons, it's, confusing a little bit so not not what you want to see from a team that's fighting for their playoff lives
1: yeah they're sort of hard to figure out because like you said they they play really good against the chiefs and the saints and they show a lot of promise and then they have clunkers like this and uh you know props to the falcons i i I read a stat that since Dan Quinn has been fired, that defense has gone from 31st to 17th. So they're starting to figure things out and putting their guys in the correct place. Uh, that doesn't mean if you're the Raiders that you should only score six points, but, uh, you know, Derek Carr has got to hold to the ball. They got a little bit out of their, whatever their rhythm and their system and what they wanted to do. Josh Jacobs didn't show up. Darren Waller didn't show up. It was kind of a no show from a lot of those guys. Um, so the season's not over for them, but they, like you said, they gotta win a few tough games down the stretch, and uh, you know they play the Jets, so that might make them feel a little bit better
2: about themselves and uh, you know get them back on track. This almost the same exact thing happened last year to the Raiders, who had six and four, went to New York to play the Jets, who were four and seven at the time, and lost by thirty points. So. And they talked about the whole broadcast that the Raiders were confident it was going to happen again, that they'll be focused. But the way they lost that game to the Chiefs two weeks ago, I think took a lot out of them, mentally and physically. Uh, their offensive line didn't look as good. Derek Carr had five turnovers. Josh Jacobs couldn't run anything. The one run he didn't get, he speared the guy with his helmet, so he got a, a penalty for it. Their defense is not good either. Uh, they'll be the Jets this year. not worry about that. I still think they make the playoffs. But... They are making life very difficult for themselves, and at the end of the day, they're they're the Raiders. You know, they make stupid mistakes, undisciplined, but yeah, you know, can't be surprised at this point when that happens.
0: Yeah, I'm, here's their schedule. So Casey said they have the Jets next week, um, and then after that, it's the Colts, the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. All winnable, all definitely winnable games, right? At worst, but two and
2: two or three and two.
0: Well, but here's the thing. I think in order for them to get to guarantee themselves a playoff spot, they have to go four, four and one. one over this yeah. stretch. Over, over this uh, stretch, so I don't know. I look at this game. I mean, both the Dolphins and the uh, Colts are right there in the hunt for the wild card. Those are going to be huge matchups for the Raiders to 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 win. They need to win those two, um, and then I really, I mean who do they drop a game to if anyone i think it's going to be the colts to be honest Uh, maybe the dolphins too which is the the problem i think if you're a raiders fan you're looking at this um situation it's not ideal you know Uh, three and two might not get it done nine and seven may not be good enough to get a wild card spot in the afc this year
2: true
1: yeah i agree but it'll be fun to watch. It'll be a tight grouping at the end with the AFC teams. There's, I think yep. there's a lot of worthy teams this year in
0: the AFC where usually we see some very top heavy AFC conference playoff yep. guys. So. Yep. With the uh, Patriots dropping off a little bit, you know, things have kind of yep. opened up. The and doors are open. The doors New are teams. open. New teams. New uh, teams. Speaking of doors opening, let's open the door into our games of the week here. We have the first matchup. We got the Browns versus the Titans. What do we think shakes out in this one?
2: Yeah, Derrick Henry is going to lead the Titans to a victory. I got him 27-21. Miles Garrett comes back this week for the Browns, which is huge for them. They did not look very good against the Jaguars this past week. almost lost that game. Baker Mayfield looked terrible. I watched way too much of that game. So I saw uh, all his faults and missed a wide-open receiver for a touchdown. Um, But they're playing well in terms of winning games, which is the most important thing. But Derrick Henry, way too much. 150 yards plus, once again. And uh, Derrick Henry might sneak into the MVP conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as far as MVP goes, Derrick Henry's got to sort of be close in, to being in the running because I feel like no quarterback is just running away with it. And that's sort of the opportunity for the skill guys. If there was a dominant wide receiver out there, or if, uh, you know, Derrick Henry. Keeps producing like he is right now. I think he's deserving of being in that conversation. But um, ultimately, the Browns have not beat many competitive teams. They have one win over with uh, against a team over 500. Um, and until they prove they they belong and they can beat those good teams, I'm gonna trust the Titans a little bit more. Um, these teams are actually built very similar. Similarly, they want to get stuff down, done on in in the run game with Chubb and with Derrick Henry and Kareem Hunt and both the defenses struggle a little bit especially in run D. Uh, Miles Garrett will help, help that this week but um, this could be a, a very quick game with how much running they, they both want to do and with how poorly they defend the run and uh, that all being said I'm, I'm still going to lean with the Titans 28 to 24. Uh, they've just sort of proven that they can compete with the best teams and, and uh think they should take this one.
0: Yep, we're all on the same page here. You know, I think the Titans, I said it earlier, I think they're the third best team in the AFC right now, and I think they're playing like it. Derrick Henry looking completely unstoppable, regardless of what you scheme up against him. Um, You know, I like the Browns a lot. I actually think the Browns might be the fourth best team in the AFC, but I think there's a steep drop-off between the top three, and then when you get down to that number four spot, I think there's a little bit of a talent drop-off and a consistency drop-off, which is important as well. So I got to take the Titans, I think, 30 to 20 in this matchup, getting the dub. Let's go to our next game. we got the Rams at the Cardinals.
2: I think it's the biggest game of the week in terms of teams that both need victories desperately. Uh, But I'm going with the Cardinals. Goff played terrible this past week, and I'm ready to sell stock on him. I was a huge fan of him coming out of the draft, but he's been kind of just above average. So uh, Rams, great at defense, though. So I think Kyler Murray will look okay as a thrower. But he's going to win this game with his legs. And the Rams have no safeties or linebackers that are athletic enough to spy him, in my opinion. Uh, so they a lot of pressure on Aaron Donald, and the rest of the defensive line, to corral him inside the pocket. Cardinals, they play up to, like they said earlier, they play up to their opponent's level. So I think they pull out a close one, 24-20. Uh...
1: I'm looking forward to the the matchup between Ramsey and Hopkins, and for me, it really sort of comes down to that matchup. If Ramsey can win that matchup and sort of keep Hopkins under wraps, I don't know that I'm really scared of anyone else on that Cardinals offense. Um, like you said, the Rams defense is playing really well, uh, and I'm trusting Goff less and less, but um, the good thing is that the Cardinals really don't have a pass rush and they have trouble manufacturing pressure uh, and that's good news for Jared Goff who struggles with pressure so I think that the Rams are going to be a little bit more able to stay in their offense and sustain drives and that'll help their defense in turn Uh, I think they're going to look a lot better this this week against the Cardinals so I'm taking the Rams still 23 to 17 over the Cardinals.
0: You know, both teams coming off matchups here that they probably should have won, um, but that also means that they'll both be very hungry for a W here because they need this in order to solidify their playoff spot, and they're both fighting each other um, consequentially for that playoff spot. So, at the moment, I trust Kyler Murray a little bit more than I trust Jared Goff. Just, you know, what have you done for me lately? Jared Goff has done bad things for me lately. Um, Kyler Murray has played relatively well with a few mistakes here and there, but um i like the cardinals supporting cast you know don't sleep on Kenyon drake larry fitzgerald has made a deal with father time clearly christian kirk is a solid uh, receiver as well um and then obviously deandre hopkins like you said casey that's going to be the key matchup in this game but i think the cardinals sneak this one out 23 to 20 over the rams i also am one game behind you in the picks so i need this to be uh <laughs> different than than your pick uh in order to catch up and i really do think the cardinals have a, sh- a shot here um, let's go to the next game of the week, which I wish we didn't have to talk about, but I guess we will. Durgan, <laughs> go for it. What do we have here in this matchup?
2: We got the Eagles and the Packers, and I think this game is going to be closer than the experts think. Call me crazy. But Packers You're will crazy. win. crazy. <laughs> Packers <laughs> will win 31-30. The Eagles look so bad that eventually they have to look good, right? Maybe not. But their offense, I think, is designed to run the ball well, whether they actually... Go through and run the ball is up to Doug Peterson, but the Packers can't stop a rolling chair, in my opinion. Miles Sanders needs to have a huge game in order for this to happen, but Aaron Rodgers is so much better than Carson Winston right now. Uh, so they'll win at the end, but it's not going to be a blowout. Have face, Cyrus. It won't be a blowout.
1: Well, I think it's going to be a blowout. I'm a little (laughs) bit biased, but uh, you know, it, it kind of all comes down to Wentz, and that's been the big conversation topic with a lot of talking heads and, and people out there in the NFL world. And um, he's just not very accurate right, not right now. He's playing a little bit of hero ball like people have talked about. And Doug Peterson isn't putting him in a position where he can play on schedule and uh, throw easy completions. It um, doesn't help that they their entire offensive line is hurt. They don't have very many weapons outside. Um but I imagine the Packers are going to stay with their regular defense, which is nickel and dime packages, let offenses dink and dunk down the field and hope that they you know, make a mistake along the way, holding penalty or a couple of incompletions, uh, and make them have 10, 12, 13 play drives. That's sort of the, the Packers' defensive MO. And I don't trust Wentz to be able to do that, to be able to move the ball consistently or enough times throughout the game to really keep up with the Packers offense. Um, Props to the Eagles defense, they play super hard. They keep them in the game for usually halves at a time. Uh, and then eventually, you know, the offense just sort of lets them down. They're they're getting out snapped and they get tired. And eventually sort of the floodgates open. Um, but the, the Eagles are still playing hard. They still have the whole season in front of them. They have the opportunity to get to the playoffs. So I don't imagine they'll just roll over and, and die. But I think the Packers are just playing too complete of football right now to, to really lose this game.
0: Yeah, um, this team, this Eagles team beat the Packers last year. But the Eagles team, that Eagles team was playing a lot better than they were this year, than they are this year so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Packers team was playing worse last year than they are this year, in my opinion. So I don't see the Eagles really standing a chance. I mean, the one thing to look out for is I think Miles Sanders probably has a one of his best games of the season. Um, the Packers just seem to love letting running backs do their thing, but... Otherwise, I don't see this as a contest. I don't know why we have it as a game of the week, other than just to have you <laughs> boast boast to me that your team is better. Whoop de do, good good for the Packers. I didn't. Hey, Durgan filled out the. He picked the games of the Durgan week. Durgan picked week, the games so of the week. Blame well, him. Durgan, Durgan, <laughs> you suck. But uh, the Packers need this this win too. I mean, there's a lot on the line for both teams here, right? the The Eagles are trying to win the shittiest division in football, and the Packers are trying to get that number one seed. So. I don't think it's a situation where we will see an upset where the Packers aren't necessarily hungry and they get hit in the mouth and don't expect it. Um, I think the Packers are on a roll. They're playing some of the best football led by Aaron Rodgers that we've ever seen this team play in our lifetime. So I don't really think this is a contest. I'm going to say Packers 35, Eagles 17. I wouldn't be surprised if it's even more of a bloodbath than that. But let's move on because I've had enough talking about the Eagles for (laughs) the rest of the season probably. Bills versus 49ers. Durgan, talk about your team. What do we got here?
2: Yes, the Arizona 49ers are getting healthier, which is a uh, tough sight for teams at this point because I don't think anybody wants to play the Niners when they're at full strength. Uh, Nick Mullins absolutely sucks. I mean, he is maybe the worst quarterback besides Kendall Hinton in the league, worse than Taysom Hill even. <laughs> uh, but fortunately for the Niners, the Bills are a bottom 10 defense against the run. So the Niners will just run, 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 uh, get creative, throw screens to Debo, throw screens to Ayuk, uh, try to exploit mismatches on the offensive side where they can. And on the opposite side, the Bills want to pass the ball. They don't run the ball very well. Uh, Josh Allen, love him or hate him, he is uh, the team right now. They are missing uh, John Brown, their receiver, which I think does hurt him a bit. And the Niners have a top five defense against the pass. So I think Allen will get his. He'll, he'll get his money. He'll get a few D passes that work out for him. But the Niners are a team that flourishes with adversity—not forced adversity like the Ravens or Titans had, but real adversity. Uh, they'll keep this game close, and I think they squeak it out at the end, 28-24. I think
1: if the Bills just hold onto the ball and don't hand the 49ers short fields, I think they will have a very good opportunity to win, um, even if their defense might not be fantastic. When you face a team that's sort of one dimensional, like the 49ers are, with a backup quarterback, it frees you up to sort of stack the box against the run and and try to hold up there and say, hey, Nick Mullins, if you can beat us deep, go ahead, bud, more power to you. Um, So that's what I would imagine they'll do. I don't, you know, the Packers try to stack the box sometimes and they still can't stop the run. So I'm not saying it's going to work 100%, especially against the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, who can scheme stuff up. Um, I also think this is going to be a close one, uh, but ultimately I think Josh Allen is just going to make a few more plays than Nick Mullins is going to be able to make, or Raheem Mostert is going to
0: be able to make. So I'm taking the Bills 24 to 19. I struggled mightily picking this game. I just want everybody to know, <laughs> I it, it is painful because I don't believe in Josh Allen. I'm not a big Bills fan. I think they're fools gold just in general. I don't think uh, they're poised to make a run anywhere, but the Niners, if they were healthy, this wouldn't even be a, this would be a no-brainer in my opinion. Even if they just had Kittle, I think I'd probably change my pick, but I got to go with the Bills. I just think they're a little bit more talented currently. Um, Damn it. I hate this. Bills, (laughs) I'm going to say Bills, 23, Niners, 17. I wouldn't be surprised though if the Niners come out and win. Um, You know, they're one of the most well-coached teams in the league and they they, uh, they find a way. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, it, it's just, just going to take some mistakes from Josh Allen. He's going to have to regress to the mean, as I like to say, um, mm-hmm. which is totally possible. And if, if he does make some mistakes, you know, it keeps the Niners in the game. But um, this is going to be, in my opinion, a matchup of who makes l- less mistakes. You know, Nick Mullins, who probably is more prone to making mistakes than Josh Allen or Josh Allen. And uh, if Josh Allen decides maybe, hey, I want to try to lateral the ball as I'm getting tackled then we could see a Niners victory. Uh, If not, I think the Bills have a better shot here, but that's just my opinion. Let's wrap things up there on episode 67 of the Weekly Spiral. Thank you guys for sticking with us and tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Before we head out, I want to give my co-hosts a chance to plug some of their upcoming content for you to check out. Casey, what should the listeners be on the lookout for?
1: Yeah, if you've been paying attention to the Bucks, they've been uh, very inconsistent, and a lot of that relies on Tom Brady's inconsistency with his deep ball. So, went and took a look at the scheme and how he fits in there and his troubles uh, reading the secondary uh, and what he does well as, uh, in combination with that, so... Why is Arians not calling plays that sort of fit his skill set and what he likes to do and uh, what is causing Brady issues in the the system that is in place? So if you want to learn a little bit more about that and, and what's going on with Brady and the Buccaneers and Arians' system, uh, you can go to YouTube.com slash Weekly Spiral. Uh,
0: probably on Thursday it'll be out. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to that. There you go. And Darigan, what about you, man?
2: Yes, Jalen Waddle Breakdown from the University of Alabama one of the best receivers uh, in college football this year before he broke his leg and he might be a top 10 pick when it's all said and done.
0: Nice. Nice. It's already draft season for me. So I'm excited for that one. (laughs) Um, This has been a weekly spot production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you again for sticking with us and tuning in. Check us out. Weekly You can find all of our social handles there as well. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. YouTube.com slash weekly spot for all the the breakdowns uh, that Casey publishes and creates as well. Check those out. Uh, But yeah, we hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And uh, you're probably enjoying the uh, delayed football game from this past week that we haven't yet covered, which will be airing 1240 p.m. the day that this comes out. But uh, yeah, we hope you have a great rest of the day and we'll see you next week for episode 68.